Welcome everybody to the Diecast Movie Podcast. For this episode, we have a special interview brought to you by my dad. Take it away, dad. Hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Diecast Movie Podcast. And today I'm joined by actress, singer, dancer, puppeteer, one of the Mouseketeers, the original Mouseketeers, Ms. Sharon Baird. How are you doing today, Ms. Baird? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I mean, it's the summer, and where I'm at, it's hot and humid. Um, We're having a little touch and go with the weather, but otherwise, fine. How about you? Uh, We're having touch and go with the weather. We're breaking 100, but other than that, I'm cool. Well, I'll say, with your career, you can actually say, even when it's hot, you're cool. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've done some some, uh, crazy things, haven't I? Well, that's the fun thing. You know, you've done a lot exactly. of different things, and um, everybody, I think, has done different things, but not everybody always gets a chance to talk about them. But I think everybody's life is interesting. And yours that be- is true. Um, but I have to say, I've had a lot of fun in all my experiences. Um, well, I'll say, you were lucky. I mean, it's, um, I'm looking at it, you started off dancing when you were a wee, wee, wee little girl at, like, what, three years old? Yeah, I started uh, dance lessons when I was three. Uh, I was born dancing. I loved music, and my parents would go square dancing at night. And I wanted to go, but I was too young, so I stayed with the babysitter. But I said, I want to dance, too, so... To shut me up, they took me to a dancing school in the neighborhood, and uh, they had been working on a recital, and it was <clears throat> going to be in six weeks, and um, she said, you can sit and watch, and then I'll start classes in six weeks, so I was sitting there tapping my foot, and she said, do you want to get up and try? So I got up and did it, and I was in the recital six weeks later. It was just like a light switch was on for me and dancing so you basically the the more i would laugh (laughs) so you were born to dance i mean if you you picked it up that quick when music plays my foot just taps um i used to perform it uh well i was like six years old at um port lewis and port lawton up in washington state maybe i was five the servicemen would throw money, <laughs> <laughs> coins, and uh, that was such a thrill. I just loved that. My dancing teacher mm-hmm. entered me in a Little Miss Washington State contest, and um, I, I won Little Miss Washington State, so went to California to compete for Little Miss USA, which I came in runner-up. And uh, my mom and dad loved the climate in California, so we moved to California. I was about seven, seven or eight. Mm-hmm. How could they get so, it wrong? Um, you, you should have won Little Miss USA. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, no, dancing was what got me started with anything. And do you still dance nowadays? I mean, do you, you know, do you still go grooving to the music or? 
Well, I would if I could, but I've had a couple of knee surgeries that are uh, giving me a little problem. But um, other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm still walking, and I grew to the music, of course. But, um, boy, if I could, I would. My feet still tap, pat <laughs> when I hear music. That's the one thing I love about music is that it's, 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 there's certain music, when you hear it, it just makes you want to move, and then you just can't exactly. help it. Exactly. <laughs> but um, dancing uh, sure uh, helped me a lot in my life career. It helped me when I played uh, animal costume characters and helped me Mickey Mouse Club for sure. Um, way before that with uh, Eddie Cantor. Mm-hmm. Even Eddie Cantor on the Colgate Comedy Hour years and years ago. Yeah, he was also was, in the great Ziegfeld um, and, um, and he sang a song with um, with about Susie. If um, you knew Susie? Yeah, if you knew Susie. Yeah. Thank you. I was, I was trying to remember the title. And then he also sang Ida. Ida, sweet as apple Ida. Um, yeah, anyway, I was after that. <laughs> <laughs> I had not go back that far with it. Oh, no, no, I know, yeah, I know, yeah, he was, he, he was, <laughs> okay. he was an older, he was a much older man by the time you got onto his show. <laughs> he had big eyes that would roll around. I learned a lot from him. Uh, but anyway, he, <laughs> was going to be, uh, four kids on his segment of the Colgate Comedy Hour. He used to do it an appearance like once a month on it. They rotated with different stars. And so anyway, they wanted two girls and two boys for this little dance sequence. And so my dancing teacher sent me out on the audition, and um, I was too short for what they wanted. So, But they liked my dancing, so they wrote in a special part. And then after the show aired, his attorneys called my parents and said he wanted to sign me under contract. So I was under contract to him for a couple of years um, before he had a heart attack and had to uh, get rid of all of his uh, contractual obligations. Um, But I learned so much from him uh, because the shows were live from beginning to end, even the commercials back in those days. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, to this day, I still wear a ring, a pinky ring on my finger that he gave me when I was working on his show that uh, I couldn't wear then, but uh, I wear it now, and I have for a long time. He gave it to me in 1952. Well, that is is a nice memento, you know, as I'm sure he didn't do that with everybody, so he must have really liked you. (laughs) I used to send him... Uh, little, I'd make little newspapers and draw pictures of what was going on in the world and send them to him. <laughs> 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 kind of silly, but I was a kid, you know. Well, I, I think, you know, some people, especially if they had children on their own in the past, they understand when they're dealing with a young actor, actress, you know, what, where they're coming from and try to meet them at that level. And there's other people that um, really don't want to do anything with a child actor. <laughs> That's true, or animals. But I've been very lucky because the um, 
famous people that I've worked had the fortune to work with have always been really nice, down to earth people. Um, Dean Martin, uh, Donald O'Connor, Mitzi Gaynor, um, they've just been really lovely people. You did. You were in um, a song and dance number with Dean Martin and artists and models. Right. And how did that come right. about? Gosh, you know, I, I think the choreographer, Bob Sidney, from uh, the movie, requested me. But there were two other people, two other kids that went on to become Mouseketeers that I worked with. Before for the Mickey Mouse Club, and on artists and models, Nancy Abbott mm-hmm. uh, was in the same little production number that we did, and um, also Lonnie Burr worked on a uh, show with me on the um, Colgate Comedy Hour with Eddie Cantor, so I had worked with both of them before the Mickey Mouse Club. That is amazing. And I mean, Dean Martin, you know, cause he was always the, um, the back then, the King of cool, the suave guy, you know, it's. Yes, he was. And, um, he was very handsome and he had a wonderful voice and he was, he had a great sense of humor. Fun to, to dance with him. We had to pull him in a wagon. And in fact, um, <coughs> A couple of times he had a hard time staying in the wagon, but um, no, we had a good time. And actually, from there, we had gone to um, uh, Capitol Records to pre-record the song that we did in the movie, because mm-hmm. that's what you did in those days. And we were doing the recording session. Jimmy Dodd was there, and he was the original. Mickey Mouse Club leader, and he wrote most all the songs that we did on the show, he and his wife, Ruthie. And Jimmy Dodd saw me there at the recording session and recommended me to Disney. So we have so arti- that's how that all came about. Say, so we have artists and models to thank for you to be the Mouseketeer Sharon. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and Jimmy Dodd. And Jimmy Dodd for being there and having the ta- the, 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 the realize the talent that's in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a wonderful man, too. I never heard him speak bad about anybody. You know, he wrote songs like Do What the Good Book Says, and <clears throat> he wrote, I'd say, 80% of the musical numbers we did. I mean, he was a talented man, and I, I remember seeing the Mickey Mouse Club in reruns, and, you know, you know, he's the host, the guy that sets it all up. You said the leader, and, um, you know, so he's like the focal point in a sense like because he sets up the beginning and the end, and sometimes it's doing other stuff in the middle. Um, but, but, you know, he's the one you always expect to see at the end when you're young and you see him, and, of course, he's always singing the end song with everybody. Um, you know, yeah. It's, well, it's like your older, it's like was- your uncle. Right. Well, he was, um, of course, older than we were, but I, he was older than what most people knew because he he was in the old Western movies, which 
not the Three Musketeers, I think is that the name of the Western movies that he was in? Yeah, but he dated way, way back, and I know girlfriends would say, oh, could you introduce me to Jimmy? Well, like you say, he would be like their uncle. <laughs> and the big musketeer, Roy, we used to call him Uncle Roy. Yeah, I was looking it up. It's the three mess, like it's like mosquito almost, like M-E-S-Q-U-I-T-E-R-E-E-R-S, the mesquiteers. So people, don't okay. make, so people don't get it mixed up with the musketeers or the mouseketeers. Right. <laughs> right. Right. No chance of confusion there. No, but yeah, I knew that he, he had done that those westerns, you know. And um, then speaking of Uncle Walt Disney, you know, he wanted us to call him Uncle Roy. I'm Uncle Roy. <laughs> That's good. Because Roy started with uh, Walt Disney at his uh, garage in Burbank. But mm -hmm. um, Walt Disney wanted us to call him Uncle Walt. <clears throat> but back in the day, you had to um, respect your adults. And we never called adults by their <laughs> other name than Mr. Disney or, you know. Oh, I know. Um, so... <clears throat> we didn't, to this day, a lot of us call him Mr. Disney still. Oh, I understand perfectly why. I mean, it's like um, John Wayne always called John Ford Mr. Ford. Uh-huh. You know. Well, that, but that's how it was back then. You know, it's a lot different now. <laughs> yeah, now it's, 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 I, I always go by the thing, I, go, I call the person what they Nowadays, tell me to call them, you know, like if they want me to call them one way, I'll call them that way. And that way it's easier. But I remember right. a good friend of mine, his mom kept wanting me to call her Connie. And I always called her Mrs. Zapsky and she could never get me to change, you know, because that was back in the day, you know, no, it's Mrs. Zapsky. But I now knew what her first name was. Cause you know, that's the one thing is children. You almost never knew anybody's first name. You only knew them their last name. Yeah. I also had a problem when someone changed that you've known for a long time changes their name. It's real hard to call them by their new name. Yeah, it takes a while to adjust. You know, it's like, well, your yeah. name is, oh, yeah. you're hurting my head. For years it's been this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> anyway. Um, and the Mickey Mouse Club, you were – and I was I was rewatching some stuff on YouTube again just to refresh my memory, and your tap dancing was excellent because I love tap dancing. You know, I always think of the dancers of Gene Kelly, James Cagney, you know, um, Sammy Davis Dr. Jr., Donald O'Connor. I mean, there, there's so many of them. Donald, it's just, you know, oh, I mean, it's a long list, but it's just it's amazing. Yeah. And of course, for more more contemporary, Gregory Hines, and then you can move. Yes, up the ladder. Yes. And it's just when you watch right. somebody do it so well, it's just like, oh, it just brings goosebumps to you. Yeah, well, tap was my favorite. I like all forms of dance, but tap was really my favorite. How did it come about you tap dancing and jumping rope? <laughs> <laughs> I learned that from a dance teacher in uh, Seattle. When I was about six or seven, his name was George Barclay. 
at the, the famous uh, family that had a, a dance studio, and I think he he was, I don't know if he was in Bodville, but anyway, he taught me that, and he taught me a um, tap dance routine on stairs. Um, <coughs> so I learned it from George Barclay. It just came natural. It was quite easy. I also learned a uh, chair and uh, drumstick dance from Louis Dupron, who was a famous um, choreographer down in L.A. It was kind of a Fred Astaire-like routine. So those that are <coughs> different were a challenge and fun to do. And, and for listeners that, okay, another, I'm sorry, for listeners that haven't seen it, dance. these are on YouTube. But continue on. On YouTube, the uh, the ones with the drumstick and chair was after the jump rope tap dance. Mitzi Gaynor was also very fun to dance with. When I worked with her, I think she was only like 19 or something, but oh, she was so fun and um, perky and vivacious. I, I remember thinking I'd like to grow up to be like her. And that was in, uh, what, Bloodhounds of Broadway? Right. You know your stuff, don't you? Well, I mean, <laughs> Mitzi Gaynor, I mean, come, there's no business like show business, South Pacific. I mean, she's known. <laughs> in, in, well, there's no business like show business. My brother was in that. Really? As a kid. Yeah, just a small part. He, he was an actor for a little little bit. He didn't want to dance or sing, but and he was a good little actor. He was in the Seven Little Boys well, Bob with Hope. Bob Hope. Yeah, and uh, he also was in um, a movie with Sophia Loren and Anthony Quinn called The Black Orchid. He played um, Sophia Loren's son, mm-hmm. and he was also in Rebel Without a Cause. He played Natalie Wood's brother, and she- then he decided he didn't want to do that anymore. He became a teacher, <laughs> and yeah, he's retired now. And he was a good little child actor. Well, I mean, after, after you do those, what, what, you know, you might as well just go out on top, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, now, the Mickey Mouse Club, you were in the um, the red team, which is like the, the first unit, so to speak, right? Right. Right. I was there from uh, beginning to the end. There were um, nine of us that were there from beginning to end. <laughs> And uh, we've lost more girls than we have guys. Yeah, yeah, sadly uh, enough, yes. Yes, yes. uh, We've got Annette, who was my dear, dear, dear friend. And uh, Karen, she was a good friend of mine. Cheryl, Doreen, they've all (coughs) gone away. We're like a family still to this day. I speak to uh, Bobby and Tommy and Sherry quite a bit. I mean, that's kind of, in a sense, the Disney company, like when they set this up, made you guys have, and not made, but established a nice family unit, and you guys all got along well with each other, where you where you all stayed together, you know, for all those years and years later, which it which you know sadly doesn't always happen in a lot of shows. Well, we were. 
we were shooting during the day, and we we spent like uh, we had to go to school for three hours. We had to have an hour lunch, and they could use us for four hours. So um, we spent more time together with each other than we did our own brothers and sisters while we were filming. So we just bonded. And that's good. I mean, that, that makes you know. What were some of your favorite things that you did on the Mickey Mouse Club, and, and with who? Like, what were some like? I, mean, I know, I know, the, the jump rope and um, the drumming with the chair, the uh-huh. dance, or probably two of them. But well, you- actually, each day was <clears throat> had a different theme, and my favorite day was Monday because it was fun with music. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there were always like sometimes dances from different countries. Um, but you got to sing and dance. Uh, Tuesday was guest star day. Wednesday was anything can happen day. Thursday was circus day. Friday was talent roundup. But um, Monday was my favorite because it was fun with music. So during the the time the show was running, you're probably one of those few people in the world that were like, it's Monday. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody else is going, oh, no, back to work Monday. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and, and I guess but, that's... Um, working at Disney was where I met my friend Beverly Washburn, and that we've been friends for over 60 years from when she came in to do Old Yeller. Mm-hmm. Which, which, um, which is a classic. Absolutely. She's one of the best actresses going. Well, I agree with you. I agree. And, and her and I talked about Old Yeller and how people should revisit it because a lot of people don't want to watch it again because of what happens to Old Yeller. But we, we make <laughs> a good reason. they Disney do that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's still one of the top watch movies, I think. I think it's one of the top most 100 watched. I think so too. I mean, if not, it should be, you know, still because. Right. But the key thing we brought up was that everybody always thinks the movie ends with Old Yeller dying, but no, it continues on for 10 to 15 minutes. And when you put the whole movie in context, it makes sense. And it's just really about normal family life at that time and how you have the ups and the downs. Right. And how you have to learn to deal with it and it can go on and on with more generations you know oh exactly and uh, uh-huh. so out of the out of the different people in the mickey mouse club who were some of your favorite dancing partners because because you didn't always do tap you did other stuff did you have anybody you particularly like to dance with well <clears throat> bobby burgess and i <clears throat> got a mean uh Jitterbug rug. We used to do the wrap around where he wrapped me around his body. And in fact, the day Disneyland opened, we did the jitterbug out in front of the Mickey Mouse Theater. And um, on all of our live shows that we did, we always did the Mouska dance together. Um, <laughs> and of course, as I said, Mitzi Gaynor and Dean Martin and. Uh, <laughs> Lonnie Burr and I danced a lot together from the Mickey Mouse Club. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I guess dancing 
has taken me many places. It also took me to um, Sid Croft to do all the Croft children's TV shows. And I'll say that, that's one of the big things, I think, when a lot of people look at suit actors, um, a lot of times the best ones are the ones that have a dance background because they're able to take that dance background and translate it into that character and how they want the movements to go because you're used to using your body so well. Well, you know, that, that's a, a good observation because I've always thought that <laughs> um, if you put the opposite sex in a <clears throat> costume, you're going to get <clears throat> more movement from them because they will exaggerate what they see the opposite sex do. I never thought of it that way. Like, well, because a lot of characters that I did for Sid and Marty Croft were stupid bat, funky rat, raunchy rabbit. They're not glamorous female roles. <laughs> but you, um, I don't know, that's just something that I, I thought. But you, you're probably right about dancing. You use your body inside those foam rubber costumes to make them move more. Yeah, Good thought. I just look at it because you're so tuned to this is what I want to do and choreograph doing choreography uh -huh. that you take it uh -huh. in this case to the suit and you're like okay this is what the character is supposed to portray and uh -huh. and you just mm -hmm. do the best that's you a, can. That's a good thought, Stephen. What I liked about doing those shows is that I could be on a real popular show and still go to the market <coughs> and not get. <laughs> Inundated with people, you know what I mean. Which had to be totally different from the Mickey Mouse Club, where everybody knew you. You know, you, you, uh -huh. and then although you, I, I still would get that, people would say, "Oh, aren't you?" But <laughs> that was fun for me. Yeah, people are not going to say, "Oh, there's Shirley Puffin stuff walking in the walking in the grocery store." You know, what I mean? no, no. <laughs> and then uh, also. I was one of the first Frodo's. Did you know that? Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, I did. And just before we go to Frodo, I want, what was it like working for Sid and Marty Croft? I mean, did, what were they like? <laughs> they're fabulous. But they're, Sid's very creative. Marty was like in the biz, more in the business. And I think I, I, Sid came on the set more often than Marty. In fact, I just did a convention where the Crofts celebrated 50 years, and the brothers were there. It's amazing. Marty, Marty, I think, is about 86, and, and Sid is 93 and going strong. Those They're, two. Um, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you go ahead. <laughs> well, they just exactly took me back to... Reminds me of like the Disney brothers, you know, one's creative and the other was more in the uh, business field. They probably wouldn't, wouldn't like being <laughs> referred to as the same type, but uh, it reminds me of them. Well, I think you need, you need the one person to balance out the creative person. It's like, okay, I understand what you want yeah. to do, but let's, let's see how we can, this is what we have to pull it off. And then, and then, Right. The creativity is using the resources you have to make the vision come to life because uh -huh. a lot of their stuff was totally different than anybody had ever seen. And actually, I could, you can almost say 
have seen since. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well. But what was it like working with so many other suit actors, you know, because, like, um, you you got to work with a lot of people, you know, in these different shows. Um, Billy Barty and um, I'm trying to remember. um, Roberto um, Gaminet. Gaminet. Roberto. Ramone, he played uh, Puff and Stuff, and then after he passed away, Van Snowden played Puff and Stuff, and he would travel with us when we would go to New York and do our live shows at Madison Square Garden. Billy Barty was such, such a nice man. In fact, I still use one of his lines on my cell phone when or on my uh, landline, when someone calls, I say, um, <laughs> leave a message and I'll call you back shortly. Did I say short? That's the line I stole from him. <laughs> so um, he was fun to work with. Martha Ray, she was <laughs> quite fun. She'd call you up and say, come, come and join us for a drink at some supper club i'd say no uh, i'm busy and she'd say no no we're not leaving until you come here <laughs> so she'd get uh myself and uh, joy campbell and uh billy barty to come and join join her at uh i forget what the supper club was down in hollywood but uh anyway she treated us all to dinner she was Quite a gal. What's his name? Rip Taylor from um, Sigmund and the Same Monsters. Rip Taylor, you know, he was, did you ever see Sigmund? Yes. He he had green hair and green makeup, and um, (laughs) we um, burnt the studio down when we were doing Sigmund and the Same Monsters. And so we're running down the street from the fire, and I guess he got a ride back somehow to his hotel, and when he walked in with with his green flippers and in his green tights, he walked up, and they said to him, are you coming or going? (laughs) And here he was in his green makeup. He, uh, He was a very, very friendly person and um, invited us to come to his shows to see him perform. Let's see. Who else? Of course, Billy Hayes was fabulous as a witchy poo and stuff and stuff. Oh, she was amazing. I mean, because that show, you got you, you to play evil, but you got to be evil funny and you don't beat it. You have it. to be lovable evil. <laughs> yes. And that, that she definitely was. Charles Nelson Riley, <laughs> he was in Lidsville. He was a hoot. He, he was a, a little hard to control because of his comedic way about him. But um, he was fun. You got to laugh. You never knew what was going to come out of him. That's a that's all that I remember from those shows. The one, there's one other show I wanted to ask you about, and that's Land okay. of the Land of the Lost. 
Yes, I, I still am in contact with several of them, with three of them. Wesley Yore, um, Kathy Coleman, and Philip Pohl. Kathy Coleman and Philip Paisley. I'm in contact with the three of them. Occasionally, I do conventions with them. I've interviewed Wesley Yore and Kathy Coleman and got to meet both of them at the same show that uh-huh. Beverly was at last month, and they they are just wonderful people. Oh, I know. Uh, I know that. <laughs> yeah, that's almost like another family, you know. Because mm-hmm. you worked with them for yeah. two seasons, and, uh-huh. and you had to learn a whole new language. Right, right. The cross had uh, someone from, was it UCLA or USC, write a, um, a special language. Yeah, that was that was interesting. So so what was it like going through all that makeup? I let that makeup begin the costume on. I guess you had to have some makeup on, too. Was it like a, was it a bad process? Yes. They would glue a beard on me, and so at lunchtime, when you get into your own clothes, I still had a beard on. And the crew, the guys would try and get me to go to lunch with them with my beard on, and I wouldn't do it. But but they sure tried. When Dan talk about costumes when I did Rat Boy mm-hmm. with Rick Baker's makeup yes took three hours to put the makeup on and two hours to take it off and um, I had to go to England to get some um, contact lenses that were totally black that covered the whole eyeball uh, Clint Eastwood arranged for that and um, so I wore these black lenses and had all this stuff on my face, hair, talk about hair being glued on. And it had a um, metal prosthesis that went in my mouth and it came out and it stuck into the end of the nose. So if I pressed the lever with my tongue, the nose would go up and down like a rat would. Little did I know that I'd go from a girl mouse to a rat boy, huh? Yeah, I, th- I think we just—I think we just blew it. Anybody's never seen Rat Boy? Yes, it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a woman playing Rat Boy. Yes, it's really Rat Girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a Mouseketeer girl. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that went right over my head. I know when Walt made me a mouse that <laughs> I was going to become a rat boy, and uh, when we were filming. Rat Boy one day, uh, they were downtown L.A., and they were at a bar in the morning, and they cleared the bar out, and the, they cleared the bar out of the drunks and who was left there, and I'm standing outside in this lovely Rat Boy attire, and this drunk walks up to me and says, man, I haven't seen you in years. <laughs> While we're talking about costumes, Frodo. Yes. You want to talk about Frodo now? Oh, definitely. Lord of the Rings and Frodo. I mean, I, I've seen that animated Ralph, movie many, many times. You have Ralph Bakshi. Um, we went to Spain 
and uh, filmed it there. Well, I was there for three weeks and wore all white. I had white wig, white face, white costume on a white horse. So later they could animate over us uh, in a process called rotoscope, but we called it protoscope. (laughs) (laughs) But um, that was another interesting experience. What was it like? I'm sorry, go ahead. We we filmed in a little town called Mota del Cuervo. Okay. It was two hours uh, outside of Madrid. They used the extras they used were the local people. And when I'd come down in the morning, the extras would be outside with their what are those leather bags called that they hang over their shoulders that they squirt wine from. Oh man. I- I've always called them wineskins. I don't know. I don't know what the technical name is. Photo bag or something like that. They'd be there early in the morning waiting to, to go be an extra. That was quite a different experience. Was that your first time filming anything outside of the country, outside of the U.S.? Yes. That's well. Yes. Uh, only other time I was out of the country was when the Mouseketeers went to Australia and did a live, live shows there. Mm-hmm. We went to two different cities. We went to Melbourne and Sydney. And the Mouseketeers were really popular there. Um, they'd stand outside you, the hotel that you were at and, and chant your name. Until you'd go to the window and they'd yay, and they'd have to carry us up over the crowd to go do the show. They had they hired bodyguards to carry us. It was, oh, I was about 17, maybe. It was exciting but scary at the same time. Because when they put you in the limo, it would just be wall-to-wall people and heads looking in and the the car would rock back and forth. I mean, it was it was exciting, but as I say, scary. <laughs> so you were like the Beatles. <laughs> well, kind of. They say that there were more people to greet us at the airport than when Frank Sinatra went there. I guess but, it... uh, the, the Australians liked American entertainment, I guess. Well, they definitely liked the Mouseketeers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And then I went the first year, and then the next year, a different group, a couple of other people went. So um, anyway, let's see. Oh, another interesting person I worked with, Gallagher. Oh, yes. I read about this. You did? Yes. He he would go... um, and travel around to different cities and work on material in like a Western bar or somewhere like that. And then he would do a, um, a video. And so I did that with him. We played Vegas, and he let me choose what I wanted to to uh, wear 
because I helped him do his uh, sledgematic, sledgematic, whatever he called that, sledgematic. <laughs> After I danced on a table, he put me on a table because I'm so short, a lot of people in the audience couldn't see me dance, so I tapped on a table. Then later on, <laughs> he had me in a costume that was <laughs> a man who was bent over with his head up his behind. <laughs> I'd run out on stage in that, and he had some shtick that he'd do with that. And then at the end of the show, I did this legimatic. And <laughs> what I chose to wear was a yellow raincoat with a yellow hat and boots. And I'd give him the stuff to smash. And uh, at the very end, I did a smash. But the people in the audience came, and they wanted to be in the front row and be hit with all this stuff. They bring plastic tarps and sit there with them in front of them, wanting to get splatted. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, some people like to be in that splash zone when the watermelons are going. You know, it's just it's right. So as I said, I've done a lot of crazy things, but. Had a great time doing it. <laughs> I, I want to go back to Lord of the Rings. Um, okay. What was it like working with Ralph Bakshi? You know, like, um, how was he like as a director with, with handling with what you had to do? Oh, he was fun. He, he was, he was, um, we had some, lots of laughs. He um, was very creative. I, he told me, he selected me because of the shape of my face. He's artistic. I have a, a chin, a long chin, and I got the part because of my chin. I got the part of my chinny chin chin. <laughs> 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 but uh, no, he was very creative, and he knew what he was doing. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky that I've worked with creative people. <laughs> Because I was going to say, in that one, you got to work with Billy Barty again, and um, then Felix Silva, or Silla. Um, yes. Well, Felix worked with us with the crop, too, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And Felix passed away recently, a couple of years ago. But uh, I find it interesting that they filmed you guys, and then, you know, retroscopes, you know, basically used your images and then made the um, art, made the animation from it and uh it's, it's just kind of it just kind of fascinates me mm -hmm. yep yep that was different now i know in between you the mouseketeers and before you started with the croft brothers you went to los angeles valley college and yep. and you're being very modest about yourself when I, you and i talked before recording you were in the National Honor Society, and you were the class president, and you had two degrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just not just one. You know, you, you, you know, you you used your Disney Drive to get two. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And then I, I worked when I was going to college. I'd go across the street and work at a construction company in the afternoon for a few hours uh, as a secretary for them doing their books. Then I went to work at um, 
Litton Data Systems as a secretary. And well, I had gotten married. And we had a nightclub act called Two Cats and a Mouse. And in between performances or bookings, <laughs> I, I work at um, Litton Data Systems. And I was working at... Uh, Oh, then I went on to working at Blue Cross, the government section, government program for mm-hmm. a man who had a 120 people working under him, and he was a great big man. And I'm very small. I'm about the size of um, Biles, the uh, gymnast. Oh, yeah, Simone Biles. Uh huh. And uh, I used to have to chase after him to get him to find things, and people would laugh because he's so big, and I'm running after him, <laughs> telling him what to do. But um, I was working at Blue Cross when I got a phone call from Sid Croft asking me if I'd be interested in coming and talking to him about working on his shows. So I've had both sides of the coin. I've had good luck on uh, show business and good luck not in show business. You know, and for people wondering, your degrees are secretarial science, but also mathematics. I mean, you know. Right. I mean, geez. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to thank Gene Seaman was the teacher on the Mickey Mouse Club. We went to school in little red trailers. And it had a row of desks on each side of the trailer. And the teachers could only teach 10 children. And they had to be able to teach first grade through 12th grade. So our everything, all of our questions were answered because she couldn't teach more than 10 at a time. And so when I went back to public schools, I was way far ahead of everyone. So um, and she would... Well, give us assignments like she'd give each one of us uh, a famous um, composer, and we'd have to make posters on them. Uh, She was just a wonderful teacher. So I have to thank her for for that. It's it's nice when you get um, a teacher that actually takes the time to teach, because I know I've talked to other child actors, and sometimes they'll have it, they'll say they had a teacher who was just like, ah, They'll teach them different things, but it, it was not really like they were in school and learning. And sometimes they'd go to school and they'd find out how far behind they were. So in your case, yeah, it was the exact a lot opposite. Of, a lot of kids would just work a few weeks on a show, whereas we we were there for like three years. You know, so it was like a regular school situation for us instead of being bounced from your school to the studio for a few and then back again, you know, mm-hmm. but she just took the time. She cared. And, and that's what I mean. Uh, my, my wife is a teacher and it's just, it, it, it's so important that you get a teacher that really cares about the students to learn because oh, that's, that's one of the most, you're, you're dealing with people that really need that inspiration or and and you never know what subject they're going to end up loving or enjoying, and you could be the one that inspires them. Where if you're just mailing it in, uh, they're like, right. if, you, if you're not interested and you're teaching it, why should they be interested? 
Right, it lit that fire, you know. But here's a going-to-school situation that came to my mind. Appeared in Las Vegas with Donald O'Connor at the Sahara Hotel. Mm-hmm. And I was in my teens again. And we were a group. It was the uh, closed class. It was selected members of the, of the uh, dancing school that I went to um, to do production numbers. Well, Donald O'Connor took us to Las Vegas when one of his shows, and we had to go to school. And my high school at the time wouldn't accept the credentials from the teachers that were tutoring in Las Vegas from the um, college there. So Donald O'Connor enrolled us in um, Hollywood Professional School, which it no longer exists, because they would ex- accept the uh, work from the uh, professors at uh, the Las Vegas College. So every day I was so embarrassed because I was a teenager carrying books through a casino lobby being escorted by the guard. <laughs> it was embarrassing because we weren't adults, you know, mm-hmm. going through an adult place carrying these books every day. But uh, <laughs> that, that was quite an experience, too, at a young age. Now, here's an interesting story you, uh, you might appreciate. My mother-in-law grew up watching the Mickey Mouse Club. And yes. my daughter's name is Michaela, and it's spelt a little differently. It's M-I-K-A-E-L-A. And uh-huh. my daughter also had trouble spelling her own name. And how do you think my mother-in-law taught her how to spell her name? To the M-I-K-E-L-A. <laughs> Yep, that's what she did. She said, M-I-K-A-E-L-A, Michaela is my name. <laughs> you know, that's how she did it. It's because uh-huh. of your song, your show, your the song on there helped my daughter when she was really young, you know, it's, uh-huh. learn how to spell her name. And I just thought that was something you might appreciate, that how it's still being yeah. used. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cute. Yep, I like that. And I, I want to thank you for, for letting me interview you. I mean, you, you were telling me before we started, you said, I don't know if I'll be able to have enough to talk about for an hour. And, and here we are almost at an hour. <laughs> and I told you, so you got plenty of stuff. And you've done a lot more than anybody ever knows. Oh, well, thanks. It's, um, 80, I'll be 80 next month. So, um, it's, it's a lot of memories and probably a lot of stuff I forgot, too. <laughs> well, happy happy early birthday. Well, thank you. And I was wondering if you could do me a big favor. What? Is it possible for you to sing that song to end the episode out? Okay. How about now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. M I C, see you real soon. K E Y, why? Because we like you. M O U S E. Wonderful. Thank you so much. 
I'd like to again thank, thank Sharon Baird for joining us. I'm going to interview her for this episode. And at the end of the episode, you'll be able to hear her singing a song that she did on the Mouseketeer show and uh, the Mickey Mouse Club show, I should say. And also you'll hear a little bit of her tap dancing while she was jumping rope and all that stuff. And if you want to see it, um, go to my Facebook page or the Diecast Movie Podcast Facebook page and you'll see the video there so you can watch it to see the whole thing the way it was shown on television. Again, if you have any feedback, please send us an email at diecastmoviepodcast at gmail.com or you can leave us a comment on our Facebook page. And I hope everybody has a good day. Looking forward to putting out the next episode. If you're wondering why we're having so many episodes come out recently, like two a week, is because I've been fortunate enough to get a lot of interviews of a lot of different people, and I don't want to get too backlogged with them, so I'm trying to keep them moving at a brisk pace to keep them out there so you guys can hear different stories and reminiscence that they have to say about their life and career. So I hope everybody's enjoying it, but eventually in a few weeks, it'll be going back to one episode a week for a while. All right. Otherwise, so enjoy the boon now, but now let me let it go and you'll hear a little bit of Sharon singing. And again, if you want to see it, go to the Facebook page or my Facebook page and you can see the video there. Thanks. Bye. Now we're going over to the Mouseketeer rehearsal hall and watch the dancing feet of Sharon Baird, assisted by Bobby Burgess and Cubby O'Brien. Sharon, you're too good for us. Come on, Karen, let's go outside and play something else. Okay, it's too quiet around here anyway. Come on, Linda, let's go. Coming, Sharon? You go ahead. I'm going to stay here and practice for a while. Okay, bye. 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 It is kind of quiet around here. Boy, if this was a real gun, I'd wake the place up. All right, Black Bart, the first bullet's going over your head. But you better not hang around for the second one.